This is Positively Hygiene with your hosts, Amber Lovatos, Amy Parenti, and Angela Doe. Listen on as we dive into the positive of dental hygiene. So one of the things I get asked a lot in my DMs is, um, well, I think people like to vent about things they're dealing with. For me, it's a lot in hygiene school more than private practice, but how do you deal with either a tough employer or in my cases, I usually get asked, it's um, hygiene professors, which sometimes they're the cream of the crop, right? These, these hygiene schools, a lot, at least mine was all these retired hygienists and their uh, probably average age was 60 and they were tough, like they high so etiquette tough. and they want you on point. They want your scrub steamed, like the expectation they hold you to is tough. So I get a lot of, a lot of um, questions about how do you handle these evil professors? <laughs> Man, um, I try to avoid them. <laughs> um, as a student, the truth, as a student, I we would look at our schedule, like who they assigned us to be in clinic that day, and that would determine what competencies we were doing that day and yeah. what companies who, competencies we were not because we knew it was just not going to be successful. Yeah, I don't know, man. I'm not very good at that. I'm not good at kissing butts. I'm very good at setting boundaries and maybe not like in a good way, but if you come at me, especially with an employer, I'm going to let you know that that's not okay. Like that I wouldn't talk to you like that. So, and I expect respect. I will give you respect, but I also expect that in return. I feel like hygiene school is so different though. You can't say those things. You can't be like, talk to me like an adult. I feel like a lot of times they treat you like children and that's hard. So when I was an educator, I tried to teach treat my students as adults because they are adults. And as adults, then the expectation is that you will act like an adult, that you will be responsible, that you will treat your patient fairly and properly um, and do things as an adult would do. And I will treat you with that respect. But I know that's not really like the mindset of hygiene because I think they were taught in the hard kind of yeah. teaching. And so that's how they teach. They didn't um, even wear gloves when they did clinical, oh right? Gosh, we have to hear about yeah. that every day. <laughs> I know. And they, and they, and they will say, I had faculty members who I worked with. They're like, well, I mean, I had it easy, man. Our faculty member would like chase us around and make us cry. And I'm like, well, okay, so you just make me cry. You don't chase me around. So that's supposed to be better, right? <laughs> I don't know, man. But then there's a tough line because I can tell you in our program, there were certain students that... You, you have to stand up for your rights, set your binders, but do so respectively. You know, yeah. I know there was a oh, lot for that sure. were in my program, at least that were confrontational. I think about three. We had three that were, you know, something would say they'd get an answer wrong on a test and they'd, they would confront the professor in front of the whole class. Yeah, and you could just no. see them, the professor go stone cold. And it was just, who Harry Potter, you guys both fans. Who's, yeah. that, who's that professor, the, the mean one? Snape. Snape. No, Umbridge? Umbridge. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That, I feel like that's what we had a ton of umbridges. Oh, my god. <laughs> they were pretty tough, but they were tough. But then, but if you if you were respectful to their time, they were respectful to you. But if they didn't yeah. sense that you were there for the right reasons, or if you overstepped and you really tried to call them out in front of a crowd, that's those people didn't graduate. They ended up failing out. Yeah. My frustration stemmed from, like, patient safety. Hmm. You know, if you did something to a patient because you're either trying to go too fast or you're being reckless, that's when it would make me upset. Okay. I did have like an infection control issue with a student one time where she did, we had piezos um, and she didn't cap the piezo and I went in to check the patient and the piezo stabbed me in the back. <gasps> mm -hmm. And during this time, I'm trying to get pregnant as I have been for forever and ever now. I was really upset. You know, like I was telling her, you know, and I explained that to her. I was like, you know, 
I step away and I was like, you know, the reason I'm upset is because, you know, you're putting like my health at risk. You're like, you're a simple mistake, right? You have to think about like the higher consequence to that. And I explained to her, I was like, I'm going through a fertility treatment right now. I'm having a hard time getting pregnant and now I'm having to go like get tested because, you know, you didn't cap it, like those things. And then giving her some grace too. Like I know that you're learning, but explain to them like there are consequences, you know, students who didn't check their patient's blood pressure or ignored those patient has hypertension and almost medical emergency and you're ignoring those things because you want to go on. Yeah, or, you can never ever sacrifice safety for convenience. Yeah. Or a patient has a cold sore and they're like, oh no, it's not cold sore. Oh, I know it's a cold sore. <laughs> That's what it looks like. You know, like those things, those things would like make me upset. Um, but for the most part, I did try to give them grace. Like if they like, hey, if they, if they made a mistake, um, if you fail the competency, I don't need you to be mad at me. I'm mad at me for failing a competency. I'm already giving myself a hard time. So I feel like this conversation maybe should be more for like faculty members and hopefully as a former faculty member, giving people grace. Um, I do understand that there's this huge responsibility in that we're teaching healthcare providers and we need to mold them in a way that they are going to be go out to society and provide ethical and safe care. But we still need to teach treat people like like humans. Yeah. And it's tricky too, because, you know, going into hygiene, everyone's, for the most part, it's a lot of type A people. Oh my gosh. So it's yeah. type A learning from type A educators, you know, yeah. so it's like, a, it's you're going to clash. Like you're not, you know, everyone's always going to have their things. We had one professor, you know, they were all just like sticklers. They all had their, their random things that they, they really, really liked. And they wanted you to like what they had to offer because their way is the right way. Yeah. Which is fine. I mean, I mean, it is what it is. If it's going to sacrifice something against your values, don't do it. But I know we had one, one professor who we always called her like the show puppy. I hope she doesn't listen to this. Um, <laughs> I won't say her name, but she, she was like very prim and proper and she would sit down and her big thing is she always wanted to have a cup, a patient cup filled with Listerine because she liked to dunk the hand mirror into it before using it in the patient's mouth because she felt it helped against fogging. So she was she she would only sit down to do your exam or to do anything if there was the Listerine cup. But how did you, how would you know that? You know, like well, she would, would tell you first right. time. Yeah, oh, the first time. Yeah. She goes, she goes, oh, get a cup and pump some Listerine in it, and then we're all like, what? <laughs> like, and and we have an example of my sister. She was also a hygiene student. We had one faculty member who was hard to a lot of people. She actually unfriended me on Facebook, actually. No. <laughs> but um, after after a few years, but yeah. She unfriended me. So I can tell you like the kind of person she is. But she would, she told, she had this thing of like, you would ask them a question and she'd be like, well, I don't know. What does the handbook say? Oh. And <laughs> yeah, like one of those, it's like, well, I don't know. That's why I'm asking you. Or I've read it and I don't understand it. And so my sister was like, you know what I learned about her? I learned that I had to be confident, that I couldn't go in there being yes. like timid and being like, well, I don't know. What do you think about this? You know, it'd be like, I'm going to do this and this is my plan. Um, and like making sure that you're prepared and that you're confident and not like unsure because you're not prepared. Don't let the shark smell the blood. Yeah. That's what you got to go in. That's what I always said. You got to go into everything. And for me, instrumenting, I was always a little bit nervous um, just because they were always so perfect when they would do it. And I knew my mannerisms wouldn't match theirs 100%. And I'm hard on myself. I've been perfectionist. So I knew my skill wasn't at the professor's level. So I never felt like I was good enough. So how I would counter that during um, like an assessment, I would talk myself through everything because I wanted them to know that I knew what I was doing, even if my hand skills weren't quite 
perfected at that yeah. moment, you know, so I would, you know, I, I'm like, okay, I'm going to go start at the distal line angle, I'm going to go and go and rotating, 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 and I would talk it out. So they knew I was doing what they were telling me to do. Because I think a lot of times the faculty just wants to feel heard. So yeah. the last time that they were that faculty member was with you, they were saying, and rotate and rotate and rotate, then maybe next time when they're with you, voice that back to them so that yeah. they know that you processed what they had to offer and you value their time. Yeah. I would say, I think maybe killing people with kindness, but that doesn't mean that you have to put up with everything. I do think there are some faculty who shouldn't be practicing anymore, who shouldn't be teaching, who don't belong in those spaces. If your school should have a student, like ours had a, a dean of student affairs, go and talk to your dean of student affairs, file a complaint if you have to file a complaint. I knew students who filed complaints against faculty members. And ultimately that's what got faculty members dismissed. You as a student, you have rights too. You pay tuition too. Now, also have to consider like, is it just me and my emotions? And am I contributing to the problem? So you have to be self-aware too. Like if you're contributing to the problem, then fix those things. And then if the problem continues, I would make formal documentation. I'm not opposed to that. I think with these different types of instructors having their own different ways and it picks, you don't see it in the moments, but I think afterwards, like in retrospect, you're like, oh, that sort of teaches you how to work with different doctors yes. because all doctors don't work the same. They have different ways in going about, even if like your doctor is a multi-doctor practice. So you have associates as well. Each of them work a little differently. Um, so it helps you learn how to work with different personalities like your sister amber you said you know she knew what she had to do differently with that professor yeah i think that prepares you except that i would just not work with somebody who i didn't fit with and i've worked with some great dentists the last few dentists i've worked with some amazing dentists like people who i feel like i could be friends with who i can come who are always super respectful for me the thing is like you can be hard on me and still be respectful you can address me and correct me and be respectful. Like, yeah, like I had a faculty member tell me like, hey, Amber, are you sick? I was like, no, I'm not sick. She's like, oh, it must be because you're not wearing makeup. I'm like, that's not the way to address it, right? Just tell me like, Amber, maybe you should be wearing makeup. Uh, and that was actually a rule that we had that if you wear makeup, that you have to continue to wear makeup every single day to school. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, because I didn't want us to look a certain way. Um, and I understand like the importance of appearance too. Like I try to make sure that my scrubs weren't wrinkled. Right. But I, and so I, there's the things that they have to dress fine, but I think it's a lot of times the way that they approach it that I have a problem with. And so you can be somebody who's a stickler, but you can be that, do that in like a respectful way. Yeah. Differentiate between, is this person just being evil or is it, are they just being tough on you? Cause they want to push you further to yeah. work your absolute best. I know our, um, our program director was very, she was very good, but she was very old school, very by the book, very strict. And she was very proper and almost a little closed off, but she was nice. And but she, she almost seemed a little stone cold. And there was one time um, we took this exit exam. Now this exam, it was at the end of first year and you had to either pass or fail it in order to go on to next year. It was so emotional. Afterwards, I broke down crying. And a lot of people cried afterwards because it was, if you got a below an 80, you couldn't go on. You'd have to repeat first year again. Oh my gosh. But it was everything you learned in the first year. So all your tooth anatomy, all of your, I don't, radiology, like all of like the ins and outs of radiology. It was, it was everything, everything clinical. There was a clinical portion that you had to instrument. You had to take radiographs. There was like a didactic portion that you had to take exams. It was huge and it was so stressful. 
And I just broke down crying afterwards. And my director came up to me and, and sat down with me. And it was, I wasn't expecting it That's at beautiful. all. Yeah. She was, she was very stone cold, but she just wanted us to be the best we ever could be. Yeah. I, I mean, I will say my cousin was murdered when I was in hygiene school. I did receive support from some faculty, actually that hard faculty who unfriended me. I still actually have a lot of love for her, but I ended up going back to school, I think like two days after. So I think I took one day off. I found out while I was at school and then um, I broke down in the hallway. Uh, it was embarrassing. And people had like, and classmates had to drive me home. So I ended up missing one day at school. And then I came back the next day and some faculty members were like, what are you doing here? And the one faculty member who's hard, she's like, sometimes it's just better to like have a distraction. And she spoke for me in that moment. And it was true. And for me, it was like nice to have that distraction. So like, although like, she's, I actually do love her. She's got some like quirks. <laughs> um, yeah, I appreciate her in that moment. Yeah. And, and so I don't know. Sometimes I do say like, do you have to like, Grit your teeth and get through it. Yeah. Especially in hygiene school because you, you can't leave it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, you know, when, you, when you're when a hygienist and you have a doctor you don't get along with, yes, you can leave the situation. <laughs> yeah. But in hygiene school, you just have to learn to work with it in the best way. And that's yeah. not a bad skill to gain either. Yeah. yeah. And basically, at the end of the day, is it going to kill you to put out a cup of Listerine? Yeah. Like, I don't, no. just, to, just to make someone happy. <laughs> just to, yeah. you know, just kind of get through it. Like two years, you're not going to know this person anymore. Just something as simple as that. Just do it get it done yeah you know let them feel heard learn what you need to learn and then you get to like, my mom always told me that with cursive I feel like it's the same thing I would try to learn cursive I had the hardest time learning a cursive z in fifth grade I still remember it was so frustrating I couldn't get that little line in the middle and I would get so frustrated and my mom's like learn how to do cursive for this one year the rest of the your life when you sign your name you could sign it however you want yeah and I think that's the same with hygiene you know you Learn the way that they want your institution wants to teach you. And then if when you're out in private practice, you don't want to use a 13, 14 just on the distals, you want to use it as a shovel on the lower interiors, go ahead and do that. Yep. But follow the rules that they want you to follow in school and just know it's a limited time period. And, you know, I think that's so true. My first semester, my first year, I was like class president. I was trying to do all the things. And that burnt me out so quick that I didn't want to come back my second year. Like that summer was hard. I ended up going back and just living in the shadows and that was okay. Like that's what I needed to do to get through hygiene school. I didn't get any awards. I didn't get any recognition. I didn't do like any of those things. I still was a good student, but I was like, I'm just going to do what's asked of me. And I made it through. And then when I graduated, I showed everybody like I can do more. Like I have, I am capable of doing more of getting the awards of doing the things, but I just need to get through those two years. Yeah. For me, I, I went to, I had, a film degree first. And uh, obviously I changed professions, but I had a lot of regrets, um, not regret getting my degree, but a lot of regrets in how I acted and my goals were in school that I went into dental hygiene school with no regrets. I wanted to do all that I could. Um, and that was to volunteer. That was to go to events. Um, that was to make the best grades and it was all for me. So I think like definitely, you know, go through hygiene school for you and see what your goal is. So like Amy said, you know, is it going to hurt to put out that cup of Listerine so you can make it to your end goal? Yeah. So I say for hygienists and clinical practice though, I don't really necessarily have any good tips because I'm the type of person who's like, yeah, I will set those boundaries. And if you cross those boundaries, 
that's a, a no for me and I will quickly exit my way out. And I feel like that way because I, I don't know, I've suffered enough in my life. And so I just don't have the mental capacity to, yeah, to do, to like deal with negativity. I, I can't give You're the it. opposite. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've actually never come, uh, I've been at maybe like four or five practices, maybe, you know, not, not all full time at all of them, but I never ran into a employer that I didn't like mesh well with or I didn't feel they didn't take my feedback I've I've always had good employer okay so I lie a little bit I and this dentist actually follows me on Instagram and I love this dentist but we worked together at the University of Texas and he had a like reputation for being like kind of a hard dentist um and kind of like the way that he talks to you and so one day he I felt like he kind of didn't scream at me but he was kind of loud towards me and I didn't say anything in that moment but I did go into his office and I was like hey I didn't appreciate the way that you communicated with me in front of students and he's like that's just how I talk and I was like oh you know okay I'm just letting you know that that like I didn't appreciate that and that's like not how I would treat you and from that moment on he never like talked to me in that way again so even and so even though in, like in that moment he like didn't he just said, like, that's how he talks and that's how his mannerisms. I was like, okay, that's cool. I just wanted to have this conversation with you. And I wasn't, like, upset or mad about it. And we had, like, even, like, a deep conversation about just dentistry in general. And we're able to connect as friends and people. And he's become one of my favorite dentists. And I truly do believe that that is how, like, maybe he communicates. But I, I, what mattered to me was that he made an effort because even though that's how he communicates, that because he knew it bothered me, he made a change for me. So the opportunity of just like seeking to understand yeah, and just making sure that's reciprocated on both sides. That's always, that's And big. having those conversations. Yeah. And, you know, the last dentist I worked with, um, we were together, we were both directors of this nonprofit. So she was director of clinical services and I was director of dental administration. And we had to work really well together as a team because we had to make decisions together. And there was times where we had rough patches, but we ended up through communication, through like trying to not just be stuck on what I think, but trying to understand where she's coming from. And then she would try to do the same thing for me. We would both try to understand like each other. Like I love her. I, like she is one of the dentists who like I miss because I truly believe that she has like a good heart. But yeah, giving that people the opportunity to like, one, I would see them as, try to see them as people, give them some grace and have conversations with them. Now, if they don't meet you where they need to meet you, then maybe it's time to say goodbye. I would agree to that. Yes. And that's the difference between hygiene school and, and out in the real world that, you know, a lot of that is in the interview too, of course. Yeah. You're, you know, your you know, your values have to align with the person you're going to be working full-time or part-time with. Yeah. And sometimes it's not even about like they're a bad person or you're a bad person. It might just be the values thing, right? There's some like people who are very pro, like pro whitening or pro cosmetics. And, you know, I'm, that's just not really my thing. That's not necessarily a bad thing. For, I mean, people need white. Look, if I'm the patient going in to like a spa, I want you to tell me all the things, all the things about my face that I need, all the retinols, all the lasers, offer it all to me. I want to spend that kind of money, right? Um, so there is a patient population that's looking for those things. My patient population is looking to just like get their face washed, <laughs> you know, like they're just looking for basic health care. So they're different demographics. And that's kind of like where I work my best at is serving people in a nonprofit setting. That doesn't mean that cosmetic dentistry is a bad place. It's just not the place for me. And that's okay too. 
So I think on a positive note, these tough people that you encounter in your life, whether it be in school or in private practice, they do something for us and they kind of, you know, they teach us how to handle different personalities. Um, And they also, they have something to offer to you, whether it be a clinical skill you learn or whether it be a social skill you learn, you do take away positives from these tougher environments that we find ourselves in. I love that. That's a good, good, good point. Um, And I think we'll end it on that. We hope that if hygiene school is going hard, that it gets better. You'll get through it. We got through it. And if you're struggling at work, we're sending you all the good vibes. Thank you for listening to Positively Hygiene. Join us every Tuesday for a new episode. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram for the opportunity for how you can contribute to our podcast. And follow and review Positively Hygiene on Apple and Spotify Podcast.